Psalm 1. Psalm 1. We are going to finish, Lord's willing, try to finish what we started last week. Getting the Lord good. He sure is. Thankful for God's Word. We have something that we can depend on. We have something that's reliable, something that we can trust in, uh, something that will get us through the hard times. Say amen. Amen. I had the opportunity today to read through some of the uh, Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is a a psalm of God's Word, uh, talking about God's Word, the blessings of God's Word, the encouragement of God's Word. And man, I tell you what, we have such a privilege... What you have in your hand, what you have in your hand, is God's mind on paper. It's God's word to you. It is precious. It is eternal. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen, we, we, should never, we should never take it for granted. Uh, I, have seen, I have seen people on the foreign field who would be delivered God's word in a box and they would literally just tear the box apart to get their copy of God's word and sit in a circle crying with tears dripping off their face, kissing the Word of God because they were so appreciative that they finally had God's Word in their language. Man, we need to have that. We need to have that same, that same type of response. Amen? So, let's look in Psalm 1 and verse number 1. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are what? Not so. But they're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall what? Shall perish. Father, thank you, Lord, for for people who are hungry for your word. God, I pray that you'll give me the ability to articulate your word in such a way that everyone can understand it. Help me to teach it and help help me to teach it with passion. Lord, help me to teach it with belief. I know this is true, what we are reading. I know this is true, what we are teaching. And God, I pray that we can let it sink down into our hearts and our souls. And uh, Lord, I pray that we cannot just hear it and we cannot just learn it, but Lord, we can apply it and use it. And every day, God, I pray that your perfect will be done. Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, here in Psalm 1, we find a contrast. In your, in your lesson, uh, the title was A Contrast of Life. He's showing uh, the difference between the godly and the ungodly, the righteous and the ungodly, the wicked. Uh, there is a contrast of the life they live. There's a contrast of the destination that they have, a contrast of the way, the way. Uh, and when we use the word way, uh, it, it is a lifestyle. It's a manner of living. He, he knoweth the way of the righteous. He knoweth the way of the wicked. And listen, it says the way of the wicked leadeth to de- destruction. The way will perish. Uh, we've got to understand this. Every way has a destination. 
sooner or later, whatever road you're on is going to end up somewhere. Are y'all with me? There's no such thing as a road to nowhere. Every road is going to end up somewhere. Whatever way you're on, uh, it's going to end up somewhere. It's going to end up to be able to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Or it's going to be, Depart from me, for I never knew you. Two different ways, <clears throat> two different roads, two different uh, paths that we can follow. And, and, and Psalm 1 is contrasting that. And obviously we want to talk about the righteous. We want to talk about the godly because that's in more descriptive of, of what this chapter is teaching us. And so first in verse number 1, we find the negatives, if you will. The negatives. Uh, the things he doesn't do. The things he doesn't do. There are some things that every Christian shouldn't do. Amen? There's do's and don'ts to life, right? Y'all with me? Uh, it's just like a battery. You've got to have a negative post and a positive post. Well, here's some negative things. And we, and we talked about this, and I'm not going to go into as great detail as last week. We're just going to review that first page and jump on over into the second. Uh, but there's some things he makes a decision about. Uh, he said in, in verse number 1, he says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So first, he has the right counsel. He gets the right advice. He, he talks to the right people. He, you remember what we said those type of people were? First, they were saved. We don't get counsel from unsaved people. Y'all with me? Saved. They are spiritual. They are scriptural. And they are successful. We need to get good counsel. It's not enough to get advice. It's best to get good advice. Somebody say amen. Good counsel. So he makes a decision. I'm going to listen to the right people. I'm going to get the right advice. And then the second thing he says, and he makes a decision, he says, I'm going to get the right companions, right? I'm going to have the right friends. I'm going to hang around the right people. Uh, uh, birds of a feather will flock together, but they'll also fall together too, amen? You'll either flourish together or you'll fall together, one way or the other. You're going to be like who you hang out with. You're going to end up being like them. So be careful who you hang with. Be careful who you run with. Uh, so we want people that will challenge us. You remember in the notes, we want people that will challenge us. What I say? Uh, not only that will challenge us, but will confront us. Will we'll come to us when we have an issue. Will come to us when we have a need. Uh, not only confront, but will commit. Somebody's going to be there through thick and thin. Uh, you say, uh, 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 how will we know that? When it gets thick, you'll find out. <clears throat> and all God's people say it. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Don't go around, here, here's would be my advice on that deal. Don't go around trying to find that one. Don't go on around and, and try to put everybody through this little deal to try to figure out who that's going to be. You don't need to worry about that part. Here's my advice. Go and be that person. Go and be that person. And if you go and be that person, if a man has friends, he must show himself friendly. If you go and be that person, then God's going to put people in your life that's going to be like you. Amen? Amen? So we're, we're going to have the right companion. But then uh, we're going to have the right conversation, right? We're going to have the right conversation. What that means is, is I'm going to have to watch my mouth. <clears throat> Ooh. <laughs> How many of y'all were tested this week on part number three? <clears throat> I told you. I told you. You're going to you're gonna have to find a place and say, is what I'm fixing to say, does it, come on everybody, does it, fit. does it fit? Does it fit? 
it's amazing, I had to give somebody this counsel. He said, preacher, I did such and such and such and such. And there was a, I said, listen, you can say the right thing, but at the wrong time. And I used this same illustration. I used the same verse and everything. I said, I'm not saying what you said is wrong. I'm saying you shouldn't have said it when you said it. Because it did not, it did not fit. Not only does it fit, uh, does what I'm fixing to say, does it? Does it build? Is it going to build somebody? Is it going to make them better? Is it going to strengthen them? Is it going to build their faith? Is it, are they going to be better off after I say what I say? Than, than, and see, when you look at that, that definition, you can say something that's negative, but it builds. Right? It's called constructive criticism. You shouldn't say something just to be critical. Anytime, some people, they, they're just critical because they're critical. That's just their mentality. That's their personality. They're just a negative type person. I don't like being around people like that. I'm not going to be around people like that. I make it a point to avoid people like that. Somebody say amen. amen. But I like having people around me that's constructive. If they see something, preacher, you, you, you're doing this or that. or And, and most of the time, it, it, you know, it, it, anyway, anyway, I don't want to. We'll, we'll just, I don't take up too much time. All right, does it fit? Does it build? Number three. Heal. Say it again. Heal. Does it heal? Does it heal? Uh, is it going to help the situation? All right, what's the last one? Does it, say it again. Does it, does it please? Does it please? Is the Lord going to be pleased with what I'm fixing to say? All right, so this new year. This new year, we're going to be careful with the advice we get. We're going to be careful with the companions we have. We're going to, in other words, we're going to be careful who we run with and that type of thing. And we're going to be careful with our words. We're going to be careful with our mouth. We're going to guard our mouth. Uh, I, I've heard it said that the tongue was given two, two safety valves, your teeth and your lips. Say amen. You reckon God wanted to keep that thing in? Amen. So, so let's, let's watch our words. Let's watch our words. Because uh, it's, like, it's, like uh, it's like my wife's little uh, illustration she used when she was teaching that little class of young people with that toothpaste. You, you squeeze all that toothpaste out. You can try to get it in, but you're not, and you're just going to get messy in the process. Those words that you say, you can't get them back. Amen? So let's be careful with what we say. Now, that's all the negatives. That's all the negatives. And, and, and sometimes I think that some Christians, <clears throat> they don't have a positive post to their battery. They're all about the thou shalt nots, what you don't do. Uh, but there, we, we shouldn't be that way. We should have a positive. It's not just about the negative. Uh, tell, I know you got a whole list of things that you don't do, but please tell me what that you will do. Because what you will do will help you avoid the things you shouldn't do. Amen? Here's the negative. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be careful with who I get advice from. I'm going to be careful who I hang with. I'm going to be careful with my mouth and the words that I say. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do those things, but this is what I'm going to do. Verse 2. But his... Come on, everybody. Let's end your verse. Psalm 1, verse 2. But his is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he... Day and night. Now, uh... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try, I, I, I was sitting in my office today and just meditating, <clears throat> thinking about this, 
And I, I know, I know that reading the Bible, and write these two words down. Write these two words down and let me talk about it, okay? Uh, write this down. In his delight, in the second point, <clears throat> write this word. A and B is this, scriptures. A is scriptures. And then B is studying. And just write them down and then we'll talk about them, okay? <clears throat> how often, how often did we see God instructing Joshua on sticking with the word? You remember in chapter number one, he said, if you will read them, if you will study them, if you will meditate on them, don't turn to the left and don't turn to the right. You focus on this, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success, right? Over and over and over and over, the secret to success was hearing from God, hearing from God, and being obedient to what you hear. If that makes sense, say amen. And so here we have the same thing. I mean, he's just saying exactly the same thing in Psalm 1 as we saw in Joshua 1. He said, these things I don't do, but this is what I will do. I love God's Word. I love God's Word. It is my delight. I take pleasure in it. I get joy out of it. It is a blessing to me. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I don't get that. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've talked with people and they say, Preacher, I just get confused when I read my Bible. I just get confused when I read my Bible. And, 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 and when you put the word delight beside the law or the word of God, them things don't go together. And some people, some people have the issue that, that they, they read their Bible, they read their Bible, but it's more out of duty than it is delight. In other words, I'm reading it, but I, I'm reading it because I'm supposed to. I'm reading it because you said I was supposed to, and, and because Joshua is, is going to be prosperous if he reads his Bible. And, 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 and I think we have a false understanding uh, that, that, that this Bible, if we can, and this is why I'm saying this. I, I, used to, I used to read 10 chapters a day, regardless. Regardless, 10 chapters a day. I had this, this you know, uh, I, I'd heard people preaching on the Bible and how we should do it and, and, and everything and feed on God's Word. And, and this is what happened. This is what happened. It got repetitious. And, and the living Word of God, God's Word to us, His love letter to His children, what happened to me was the exact thing that the, the, the man of God told me before I went to Bible college happened. I've told you this illustration before. There was an old Navy man, <clears throat> an old Navy man of God that, that, that when I went to Bible college, I, I was coming through the foyer, and, 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 and they'd had a, you know, just special service, like a going away type service thing, and, and I'm walking out the foyer. I'm, I'm 18 years old, and, 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 and the old Navy man of God standing right there, and, and he grabbed my Bible and stood right in my face and held his Bible and held it up close with tears dripping off his face. He said, son, you're going, to have, you're going to be tempted to allow this book, the Word of God, to become a textbook. You're going to school, you're going to Bible college, and you're going to have to take tests, and you're going to have to study, and you're going to have to do all of these things. And there's going to be a great temptation for this to become a textbook. 
where you go in it to find an answer to a quiz or to a test or to whatever. And he said, don't let it be that. It needs to stay precious to you. It needs to stay real to you. This is God's living word. And because I had a commitment to read 10 chapters a day, I would get to chapter 8 and not even know what I read in chapters 2, 3, and 4. But I was getting my 10 in. And I had the misconception that, that because I was getting those 10 in, it was like a formula. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you're not retaining it, and it changing you, God's not up in heaven. Okay, you got credit for that one today. What's the point? The point is this. It would be better to read three verses and get something out of it than ten chapters and not even remember nothing you read. Now, I want to. here's what I want to do. And I know what you're thinking. But preach, I'm so frustrated with this. I've tried and I've tried. And, okay, I'm, I'm going to talk about that, okay? I'm going to talk about that because this is important. This is important. Thy word, thy word. He says, he says, but I delight in the law. I delight in the law. I, I, I want everybody in here to be able to get to that point. I want you to be able to get to that point. I read a post today from, from a, a preacher uh, uh, in his 60s who is just incredible, just ridiculous, knows God's word like crazy. And, and, and one of my mentors, and this is what he posted. He said, man, I've been in the book of Le Leviticus studying the last few weeks, and, and man, it, it, God is wowing me like crazy. He said, I've studied these verses before, I've read these verses before, but God is showing me, I am so excited. I'm so excited. And then he began to share some of the things that he was he was seeing and God was showing to him and, and then I got excited. And I'm like, whoa, man, that is, that is really awesome. The high priest going into the tabernacle on the day of atonement and he had to go by himself. Jesus went by himself to the cross. The whole world turned against him. Even his own father turned his back on him. And Jesus be, and the high priest going alone into the Holy of Holies is a type of, somebody say man. Now watch, now watch. This is a man who's read the word for years. And here he is sitting in his office and he's reading something and it's like he's reading it for the very first time. Now, here's the thing we've got to get. Here's the thing we've got to understand. Everybody hold up your Bible. <clears throat> hold up your Bible. All right, watch this. Watch this. You can't, you can't approach that like this. All right, here's a cool book. <clears throat> Seekers of the Vine. Seekers of the Vine, cool book. Great book on John 15. If you never read it, man, it's an awesome book. You'd love it. Uh, the one-minute manager. 
One-minute manager. If you're a boss, if you're a mama, whether you know it or not, you manage something. If you, if you have people under you that report to you, whatever, this is a great book to read. You should read this. Great book. All right? I cannot go to this book like I go to this book. I have to go to this book with reverence. I can go to this book any way I feel like it. Why? It's just a book. It's just paper with some information on it. This is God's Word. It's the breathed Word of God. The Bible says it is quick and powerful. Quick and powerful. Now, when we, when we look at the word quick, we, we automatically think fast. That's not the word we're looking at. Quick means alive. Say that with me. Alive. In other words, when you're, when you're, when you're clipping your fingernails... What happens when you get into the quick? You come alive. Hey, man, that's a good one. You know why? Because you got into some living tissue. That's what he's saying. God's Word is alive. It's alive. It is not a magazine. It is not a newspaper. It is not, it is not a comic book. Y'all with me? So we can't approach it that way. We can't look at it that way. And here's what, I'm, I'm just, I sat in my chair. I sat in my chair today and I said, Lord, help me help your people. Because I know they get frustrated when they try to read and they don't get anything out of it. I know, I know it's, it's frustrating. Lord, I've been there. I, and, and, and I know our people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And, and they have a lack of knowledge because they're, they're not really. And here's some things that God showed me today. Here's something, and, I, and I'm going to, some of this stuff you're going to have to write down because I didn't give this part to you, and they're going to put the verses up there, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. One of the reasons, one of the reasons I believe truly that, 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 that we're having a rough time with the Word is because, in some sense, we're a little bit lazy. We're a little bit lazy, and you say, what do you mean by that? And I'm not saying lazy where you don't, you know, I'm talking about, we have to think. We are, we are living in a society today that doesn't want to have to think. We don't want to have to use our mind. We're living in a society that feeds off of, of reality shows and feeds off of entertainment and game shows. How do you think we got the president we got now? Now, I'm not saying that derogatory. I'm not saying that because I sure didn't want that other one. But how did America, who had the wisdom and the intelligence and the learning and the education to sit down and pin the Constitution, end up where we are today? I'll tell you, we're intellectually lazy. And it's not, it's not that the Word of God doesn't do something for you because when you, when you come here and it's, and it's just laid out, and it's just made so easy and palatable. We, we want it then. But we don't want to make the sandwich ourselves. Now I'm telling you, 
Think about this. As much as you get when you come here, and I make it as plain and as simple and as easy as possible, this is, this is what's happening. How many of y'all remember the days before baby food and all that when the mama would take the green beans and stuff and chew them up and, 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 until it's like pablum and then, and then feed it to the baby? Right? Some of y'all are like, what? Yeah, that happened. Now, do you want to live on that? Are, are, are they still doing that for you? No. No, you want a ribeye this big. You want it to be substantial. You want some substance. You want something you can chew on. You want something that's going, what my grandma used to say, stick to the ribs, boy, stick to the ribs. Right? That's the difference. When you, when you learn to go to it yourself and you get something, there's, there, I'm telling you there's nothing like when you're reading and, and this, is, this is what makes the difference. When you're reading it and you know all of a sudden the God who spoke this world into existence just said something to you. And you may tell you what would have happened. You got to tell somebody. This preacher, this preacher, this was seven hours ago. This preacher was going to be able to tell his church about what he found in Leviticus, about the high priest on the Day of Atonement, but he was so excited about it, he had to tell somebody. And I can relate to that. I get that. Are y'all with me? Because he's delighting in God's Word. But see, we have to make an effort. We have to make an effort. Uh, uh, Brother Brian Edwards told me just an incredible thing about marriage. He said, the secret to marriage is not love. I said, what? <laughs> he says, Malcolm, do you feel in love all the time? And I was like, where's Tammy? <clears throat> <laughs> I know she don't, amen. I ain't going to lie. She, you don't always, he said, it's not that. You don't always feel in love. You don't always feel in like. He said, you want me to tell you the secret? He said, it's effort. If you make an effort. Great marriages are those who they put effort into it. They try, they work at it, they, they put something into it. You're going to get out of what you put into it. God's Word is the same way. So what is going to move us? What is going to move us from, let's just use the word duty, okay? Let's just use the word duty. We read our Bible out of duty, out of responsibility, because we're supposed to. We know the Word of God says we're supposed to read it and study it. Study to show thyself proved unto God of work and need not be ashamed. Write the divine word of truth, Right? Now, how do we move from this? How do we move and just reading our Bible just because we're supposed to, not because we're getting anything out of it? How can we go from there over here to being able to getting something that i got to tell somebody? How many of y'all want to be on this side of it? Here's the thing. I, I, God gave me three things that's so important. <clears throat> Write these things down, and then we're going to go through the outline. I don't know where you're going to write it. Write it somewhere. <clears throat> write it on the side. Write it on the side. There's a space on the side. It's just three words. And if you want to write the, 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 the verses down, you can do that. But if you're ever going to get anything out of God's Word, <clears throat> if you're ever going to move from duty and responsibility 
to delight and joy, and really getting something when you sit down and read, it's going to take, number one, it's going to take this. It's going to take relationship. It's going to take relationship. Let me, let me read what I got. In 1 Corinthians 2.12, in 1 Corinthians 2.12, it says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost, say that with me, the, the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Watch this, watch this. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. What does that mean? The natural man, the unsaved man, can read this and get nothing. Y'all with me? Get nothing. All right, now, watch this. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. Hello. Because they are spiritually discerned. They are. What does that mean? Listen, if the truth be known, there are a lot of people in churches today who get nothing when they read their Bible because they don't know the author. But I've been in church a long time. The, the duration of time you've been in church does not determine your salvation. You can be religious and not be redeemed. What does religious mean? You follow a list of rules. You may know all the rules. You may know all the jargon. You may know all the language. You might can speak Christianese as good as anybody. But that doesn't mean you're saved. I was a, I was a, I was a Sunday school brat. I was raised in a Christian home. I, I, I had a, a pastor for a father. And I had tons of verses memorized. And I was lost. I knew all about God. But I didn't know God. Are y'all with me? Until the moment I was introduced to him, until the moment he revealed himself to me and showed me that I was a sinner on my way to hell and I need repentance and I need to turn to him. And he saved me. And he, ho, 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 say amen. amen. And when he saved me, he put something in me. And that's the Holy Spirit. And see, when, 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 when I became and I had a relationship it changed everything about the letter. When Tammy, you see, we, me and Tammy was dating before, before texting and all that. Y'all with me? And that's when they'd write them love notes. <clears throat> and I'd sure like to get another one. Hint, hint, hint. <clears throat> but when she did write them, turn me off, that's the way. What, you got a button over there? <laughs> Watch it, buddy. <laughs> Listen, when I got a letter, I can get a letter from anybody. But when I got a letter that had her name on it, it changed everything. It changed my perception of the letter. It changed how I felt about it. 
and it changed how I treated it. Do you want me to tell you why people don't get nothing? They have no relationship. Now let me go a little step further. I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying that, that, that let's just say you are saved. Let's say you are saved. How close are you? How is your relationship? Are you close to God that you can't wait to hear him speak to you? That you can't wait to see what he has for you? Do you have a relationship where you are so in love with him that it's just, you cannot wait? You see, that changes your perception of the word. Is this just a textbook to you? Is this just a religious artifact? Is this something that that we have to, is this just like a book of laws, a book of regulations, a book of rules? Has it become, listen, has it become a textbook to you? Because it can. So how do you know it? Because we take it for granted. I'll tell you how we know if it's a textbook or not. We take it for granted. We abuse it. We ignore it. We disregard it. I, I, I wish I had the video. I wish I had the video of the people, I think it was in North Korea, where they dropped that box of Bibles in the floor. And they had tears dripping off their face and they was grabbing and kissing it and kissing it because their perception of it. Because they had a relationship. Are y'all with me? Don't, 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 don't come up with no sorry, sorry excuse. Well, I just can't understand it, so I, no, no. The Bible is written on a level that anybody can understand it. But guess what? We're going to have to think. We're going to have to think. We can't be intellectually lazy. We're going to have to make an effort. And let me say this. We're going to have to have a relationship. Do you know him? That might change everything. I read a story. This may be fictional, but it's a good illustration. This book critic, this book critic, this lady book critic was really overly critical of a certain author's book. Just, I mean, just, just land, blast it, cut it all to pieces. Well, they ended up meeting. They ended up meeting. Struck a relationship. Ended up falling in love. And getting married. And she read it again. Guess what? Her review changed. Because she's seen what he wrote in a different light. I'm telling you guys, when you come to God's word and your relationship's right, it will change what you get out of it. If we're ever going to get anything, it requires relationship. Number two, number two, there's something else God showed me. If we're ever going to get anything, if we're ever going to get anything, it not only requires relationship, but it requires revelation. Revelation. This... This is the difference between God's holy word 
in this. Anybody that can read English and has any kind of skill whatsoever, retention, comprehension, they can get out of this what's here. Because what's here is what's here. And it's the only thing here. In other words, what you see, these letters on this page, it's all that's here. And there's only a certain amount of something you're going to get out of this because it's all that's there. But guess what? This endureth to all generations. It's never outdated. It's never outdone. It's never exhausted. You can study this for years and years and years and years and years and years and all of a sudden you sit down and read a verse and God unveils something you say, Wow! That's how you have a pastor that's been pastoring and studying his Bible for 40-something years sit down and be totally amazed and wowed at what he studied today because he just saw something that God had never showed him before. Don't come to God's Word and just think you're going to get what's there. It's not that way. It has to be uncovered. It has to be unveiled. It has to be unlocked. Are you with me? Let me, let me read. Let me read. I got some verses. <clears throat> the psalmist says in 119, everybody should go. Here's your homework. <clears throat> read Psalms 119 this week. Write it down. Read Psalms 119 this week. And look how the psalmist... Listen... Psalms 119 is the, is the longest chapter in the Bible. Longest chapter in Psalms. It's like the Mount Everest. All right? When you read it, you're going to see things about God's Word. You're going to see how the, the, the psalmist is seeing God's Word, what he gets from God's Word, what God's Word means to it. Mm, say amen. Look what it says. Psalms 119.18. <clears throat> What's the first word? You got it up here? Y'all got that? Can y'all get that? Psalm 119, 18. And by the way, start bringing your Bible to Bible study. If we're going to study the Bible, you need to have it with you. Say amen. What's the first word? What's the first word? Say it again. Say it again. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy, which is your word. What is the psalmist saying? He's not going there saying, let me see if I can find something. He's going to God first before he ever reads it and says, okay, Lord, open my eyes. Show me something. You see the difference? I don't have to do that with this. I don't have to do that. I don't, I don't get up in the morning before I read my paper and say, Lord, reveal something to me. See, we're laughing. You say, oh, that's funny. Then why do we keep doing that with that? Does this make sense? Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Now watch. Psalm 119.34. Psalm 119.34. Give me. Give me. And I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my. Help me understand it. Now listen, think about this. Think about this. This is God's word to you. This is what God wanted you to know about him. He wants you to get it. 
He didn't write something. He didn't write something and, and, and to try to keep it out of your understanding. He wants you to get it more than you want to get it. Y'all with me? So here we have a phrase, open my eyes. Then we have a phrase, give me understanding, right? Right? Come on, don't get mad with me. Get, stay with me now. It's going to be good. Hebrews 4.12. <clears throat> I, I read it a while ago. For the word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You say, this is how, this is how, when you come to church on a Sunday morning, and I get up and I take that Bible and I start preaching it, and you look at your spouse and say, did you talk to him? <laughs> you know why? Because the Holy Spirit and the Word of God had read your mail this week. It's alive, people. It's alive. It is, it is real. It's tangible. It has to be unlocked. The Holy Spirit has to open your eyes to the truth that is there. That's why this man can preach for years and years and years and years and have read a verse over and over and over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, God wants to show him something. And God uncovered it. And he's like, wow! See, all we've done is open it up lazily, haphazardly, arrogantly, and started reading it and say, well, I don't get nothing. Let me give you three before you get real mad. <clears throat> if we're going to get anything, it requires, number one, what? Come on, everybody. It requires relationship. relationship. Number two, it requires Revelation. revelation. And then it requires this, resolve. Resolve. <clears throat> resolve. Let me, let me give you, let me give some good advice. I have commentaries. I have Bible study books and Bible study words and all that kind of stuff. But let me tell you all you need. All you need is a good dictionary. Listen, we've got them in the, in the, in the, in the what is that called? Media Center. 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Take your King James Bible and a dictionary, and that's all you need. And I'm telling you this. From experience, from my life, I, I've got, com and, I, and I read these. I, I do. I, I read commentaries. But understand this. A commentary is man's opinion of what the Bible says. Don't ever let a commentary outweigh your respect and your understanding of God's Word. Say, so why are you saying that? Because the Holy Spirit will teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. He wants you to understand. But here's, watch this. Watch this. Psalm 119, verse 10. Read it with me. With my, <clears throat> here we go, here we go. With my, see if you had your Bible, open to Psalm 119. Help me now. Here we go. With my, with my, whole heart have I sought thee. 
Oh, let me not wander from thy what? Watch this next one. Watch this next one. Psalm 119, 2. Psalm 119, 2. It says this. Let me read it. It says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. All right? Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 13. Jeremiah 29, 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when, here we go, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Psalm 119, 73. Psalm 119, 73. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Actually, that was supposed to go to number two, but either way. Here's the thing. What is, what is the psalmist saying? If you will go to God's word, if you will go to God's word with relationship, with, listen, with revelation and God uncovering it, if you go to it with your whole heart, if you go to it seeking God, if you go to it with a mentality, God, I want you to talk to me. God, I want you to show me. I'm desiring you. Seek and ye shall. I'm telling you, God wants to be found of you even more than you want to find him. He desires to reveal himself to you. He desires to show his glory to you. He desires to show his strength to you. The Bible says he goes to and fro in this earth seeking to show himself strong on the behalf of the... Are y'all with me? How are you seeking him? Are you, are you going into, into the Bible reading, into your devotional time or whatever that is? Are you going into it haphazardly? Are you going into it and just saying, well, if I get something or if I don't, or I'm just going to read my verses? Or are you going saying, God, show me something. God, open my eyes. Oh, God, give me truth. You see, these are gold nuggets. And gold nuggets have to be mined. It takes effort. You got to dig. The Bible says, the Bible says this, that, that good news from a far country is as cool waters. Cool waters. You know how to get cool water? You know how to get water? You got to dig. You know how to get cool water? You got to dig deep. We cannot be lazy. We cannot be uh, uh, irreverent. We have to go to God's Word as it is God's Word. He, they said, you receive the Word of God from us not as the Word of men, but as the Word of God. Let me ask you a question. Be honest. Everybody, look up at me. Everybody, look up at me. Look up at me. Look, watch now. Watch this. What if Jesus was standing right here? How attentive would you be right now? Guess what? He is. Resolve. I'm going to get something. I'm going to get something. If it kills me, I'm going to get something. So you shouldn't act like that. God knows your heart. Let me tell you why I think some people don't go after it that way. Because God's word is a mirror. And if I look in the mirror, I'm going to see things I don't like. I'm going to see things I need to fix. I'm going to see things I need to adjust. 
I'm going to see things I need to change. And we have the misconception as long as we don't look in the mirror, it's not really there. How about us men? We won't go to the doctor. Now, if I just avoided this, I'm not sick. Right? Come on, prideful men. Is that disease we, we, we've been dying from like crazy men because we won't go to the doctor? Y'all know what it is. If I just ignore it, it won't be. No. But guess what? If we come and see there's something about God's word, it's a light. It's a light. And then, then we're going to have to do something. Because true seeing, true seeing, watch this now, true seeing cannot be unseen. Now I've got accountability. Amen? Listen, you, you're, you're, your Bible is a weapon. It's an offensive weapon. Matter of fact, it's the only offensive weapon you have. It's the weapon that you resist Satan with. In Psalm 119, here's a verse I read today, Psalm 119. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. What did what, what Jesus use in, in, in the wilderness when he, was, when he was fasting? What did he use to resist the devil and defeat the devil? God's word. Listen, let, write this down because I, I like took up all the time. Let me, let me give you this. Let me read a verse and then I'll give you the fill in. And we got plenty of time. <clears throat> Watch this. This is an extra verse. I don't even think y'all have this one, so don't worry about this one. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. This is Paul speaking to Timothy and encouraging him and exhorting him. <clears throat> and this is what he says. He says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How do we know that there, there is salvation? Through God's word. How do we know that we're sinners? Through God's word. How do we know Jesus will forgive sin? Through? You see how that works? And right, watch this. Watch this. He says all scripture. How much of it? All. all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now watch what it says. This is what it's profitable for. This is what it'll do for you. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Four things. Doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Now here, let me go down these. Doctrine is what is right. Say it with me. It is what is Reproof is what is wrong, obviously. Reproof is when you get scolded. When you get correct. You with me? All right. So doctrine is what is right. Reproof is what is wrong. And then correction is how to get it right. You see, God's Word will tell you what's wrong. God's Word will tell you what's right. Then God's Word will tell you how to get it right. Amen? Now watch. Instruction is how to stay right. What's wrong, what's right, how to get it right, and how to stay right. Isn't that good? That's what God's Word is. That's what it is to you and to me. That's why it's so important, and that's why the psalmist said, I meditate. And see, that's the key. I, I almost forgot that. I, I, I've told you what we're not wanting to do, and I forgot to tell you why we need to do it. He said, I delight in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth I meditate. That means think. 
That means, y'all remember the illustration about the cow chewing its cud? You know, you, 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 you eat it and it goes into, what's that called? That, that pouch. And it cud. Chews its cud. Brings it back up and chews on it some more. The, the point is this, is you read God's Word. You read God's Word. And then after that, you think about it. You, you meditate on it. You muse on it. You think about what you read. And what's happening is marinating in your heart and in your mind. And when you start marinating and thinking and musing on God's Word, guess what it's doing the whole time? It's changing your mind. It's, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? By God's Word. Our mind is broken. When we come into this world, we're broken. There is none righteous, no, not one. We get saved, and we start filling our heart with God's Word, and God's Word begins to transform our mind, that we quit thinking like lost carnal people, and we start thinking like God. Say amen. Amen. Think. But we don't want to think. We want somebody else to think for us. Think. Read and think. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Meditate. Let it, let it simmer in there. Let it work on the inside. Because I guarantee you, you can try to change your ways. You can try to turn over a new leaf. And you can try to do all that stuff on the outside. And guess what? You're going to go right back to what you was. But if you, will, if you will marinate on God's Word and you will change from the inside out, guess what? You'll stay changed. I've never seen a butterfly turn back into a caterpillar. That's the, that's the word, right? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Say that word with me, transformed. It's the Greek word metamorphio. It's where we get our word metamorphosis. It's the process of the change on the inside. It's how the caterpillar turns into a butterfly. You see, we got too many people that are caterpillars, and they're trying to put on fake wings. And they're trying to change from the outside. They're trying to get manufactured spirituality in religion, and they're still a caterpillar. But, oh, if you'll let that metamorphosis take place and that change from the inside out, if you allow God's Word to come on the inside, it'll start working on the inside, and that inside will start working on that outside. And when you come out a butterfly, you won't never be a caterpillar again. Somebody say amen. Two minutes. Help me, help me, help me. Right fast. Here's what, here's what studying will do. Here's what studying will do. Number one, <clears throat> number one, it brings faith. It brings faith. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, you say, preacher, I'm just struggling with my faith. Well, how are you doing with the word? Are you neglecting God's word? Are you ignoring God's word? Or are you saturating yourself? If you're struggling with your faith and you're struggling with your belief and your confidence in God, if you're worried all the time, man, you need to find somewhere and get God's word and read it and read it and read it and read it and read it. And, read it. and I'm telling you, it will change your assurance in him. It's, listen, it brings faith. Studying brings faith. Then, then, then number two, studying brings growth. Studying brings growth. You don't need to be a spiritual baby your whole life. Let me tell you something. I, and I, I, love, I love the people 
where I was born. I, I, I have people that are still in the church that I grew up in that changed my diaper when I was a baby. And they're spiritually still in the same place they was in there. Now, they know the, they know the hot points, and they know a little Christianese. They can talk like a Christian. But true spiritual maturity and seasoned sainthood because the length of time you've been saved doesn't determine your spirituality or your maturity. It's how much of this word that you are ingesting and digesting and meditating on. Are y'all with me? Listen, it brings growth. You grow as a Christian. But I'm telling you, if you neglect it, you're not. You're not. Lastly, hurry, hurry. Listen, studying and meditate on God's word, number one, it brings faith number two it brings number three it brings answered prayer answered prayer i don't know why god ain't answering my prayer okay let's read it john 15 7 if if man that's a huge word in the english language for only being two letters right if ye abide in me How do I do that, preacher? By my words abiding in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Why are you going to God and asking Him to do something for you and you neglecting that? When He told you how to get your prayers answered. Doesn't the Bible say this? that if you ask anything according to his will, it's a done deal. I mean, that's not exactly how it's worded, but that's what it says. Well, how do I know it's his will? Let me tell you what you're going to do. Or let me tell you what you're not going to do. If you, if you just saturate yourself in God's word, you're going to know exactly what he wants and what he don't want for your life. And when you saturate yourself in God's word, you're not going to ask him for something he don't want for you. Now let me ask you a question. On that note right there, if one of my children come to me, if one of my children come to me, now, I don't have unlimited resources like our Father in Heaven. Say amen. But He does. But let's just say this. What if I want them to have something bad? I mean, I really want them to have it. Do you think if I really want them to have it and they come ask me for it, what do you think I'm going to do? Are you with me? But guess what? I really don't want them to have it. Because I think it's dangerous for them. If I think they're not ready for it, they're not mature enough to handle it, I don't care how much they ask for it, they're not going to get it. See, the problem is, is we don't know our Savior well enough to know what He wants and don't want for our life. Because we have not saturated ourselves in God's Word to the point that we can go to Him with all confidence and, I mean, total assurance and confidence. That's how you 
pray believing. Everybody wants to know, how do I pray without doubting? Because I used to think that. Lord, I really want this new, oh, yeah, oh, Lord. I and I think, I, I, I don't know about it. I don't know if he's going, you know why? I didn't know his will. But guess what? If I know his will, I can ask in confidence. That's how he says, if, if you will abide in me, how do we abide in you? By his words abiding in us. What does abide mean? It means hang out. It means hang out, talk, fellowship. Say, well, what is reading your Bible doing? Because God is hanging out with you. And when, you, when you're talking and you're reading the Word, guess what? He's talking to you. And when you're thinking about it, meditating on it later on, you're hanging out. Amen. Zero time. <laughs> All right. Let me just give you the words. Let me give you the words to the last four. Write these down. His description. <clears throat> he's planted. He's productive. He's persistent. And he's prosperous. Planted, productive, persistent, and prosperous. And I want you to write something beside that. Quickly, quickly, hurry. I'm being cussed. At the, I mean, right now, they're, they're hollering at me. I can feel it. Planted means this. I have purpose. You know what? You know what I, I learned from a, a really smart landscape guy. You know what a weed is. You know what a weed is. I thought I knew until he showed me. A weed is an out of place plant. An out of place plant. Do you realize a rose could be a weed if it is out of? Guess what? He says he shall be like a tree. In other words, it didn't just grow up there. Someone put him there. That means there was purpose. And when you abide in his word, you will have purpose for your life. You will know why you're here. Amen? Man, I want to preach this. All right, productive. Just write the word accomplishment beside that. You accomplish something. Feeling of accomplishment. And the word persistent, it says, because planted, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit, that's productive, and his leaf also shall not wither. I put beside persistent, I put the word longevity or tenacity. You'll be able to tough out the weather. You'll be able to tough out the storms. You'll be able to tough out the drought. When, when the things go rough and hard, you'll be able to make it. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. And then the word prosperous, this is what I put. And boy, this is good. I know what you're thinking. That means I'll be riding a new vehicle. Nope. Nope. Means I'm going to have a new house. Nope. Nope. This is the word God gave me for that one. It means fulfillment. Do you realize there's people driving brand new cars and parking them in brand new garages and they feel empty? Prosperity has nothing to do with the amount of money in your account. Prosperity has to do with the fulfillment in your soul. Amen? We'll have to talk about that later. Listen, how many of y'all will help me pray for this Sunday? We need to pray for all the team out at Fairview. We need to pray for uh, uh, the, the community coming in. I can't wait. It's so exciting. And how many of y'all going to pray for me? It, it, it stay between the boxes. <laughs> all right. Did y'all notice? Y'all notice I'm practicing? 
I didn't go too far. Hey, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'll make it. All right. Let's pray.